Hey, this is your host, Paul Espinosa Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way, we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. Welcome to the Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Atterbury Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? Going good, man. Exciting week. Exciting week, indeed. We got some news we want to break down. Of course, we got to hype up our guests, which if you haven't heard of her, I'm sure by the end of this episode, you will be in love with her hitting that follow button. But always, I'm going to bring it back to my co-host, Paul, to give us some topics of the week. Yes, sir. Some very important topics of the week. The first one being... Uh, the launch of Black Panther. Now, uh, this will be the second weekend in a row uh, where it breaks records. The first weekend uh, made over made over two hundred million dollars in the box office, and then it followed up with another strong weekend of over a hundred million dollars. So, um, it's up there with the Star Wars as far as uh, sales go in the first two weekends. So. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty important that this movie uh, came out and is breaking these kind of records, man. And um, I, I definitely salute Marvel for hiring the right cast and uh, making the right choices when it came to making this movie, for sure. I want to shout out to the director, Ryan Coogler. Coogler? I, 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 if I get it wrong, I'm so apologize. But he is definitely one of the think pieces behind, you know, Black Panther's success because you know, I, I even watched videos of how he broke down scenes and how he wanted things to be deliberately displayed a certain way. So a lot of that definitely comes from him. But, yeah, it's it's amazing. I think the, the biggest thing behind is that, of course, you, you're able to give a black superhero some light and shine and really portray him in a positive way. And, you know, I think that gets lost of Black Panther is like, no, he's not the first black superhero to have his own movie. We have the Blades. Blade series is phenomenal. But he's probably... In the modern superhero generation, these past 10 years, the only one that's really gotten his chance of getting a, a lead movie, and I think that really resonated with a lot of people, and the fact that it takes place in Wakanda, which is, you know, according to the lore, nah, it's not a real place, but it's, it takes, it's basically, you know, takes place in Africa, and the whole thing about it is it's a hidden city with all this techno- te- technological advancement. I mean, if you want to break down the degree of Black Panther is the richest superhero by being in the trillions with his wealth. And there's just a lot of backstory and lore, and it's great to see this movie come to life and how they portrayed him and all the conflict and all just the, the interesting intricacies that are they able to really portray and not really get as as some would say some backlash from just because it's so authentic to what not only we feel but what others feel across the country so it's amazing the movie has done this well marvel has a hit on their hands which i'm sure they did i think the thing i'm looking forward to is how are they going to proceed with a sequel obviously with success it has had and the magnitude of the movie there's going to be a sequel and it's just interesting to wonder like what are they going to do are they going to go deeper into the african lore are they going to try and reel it back and make it a little bit more you know as they say western i just want to see how they can handle the sequel because i think while the first movie is important how they handle the series ongoing is going to be a bigger testament to what can really be done I agree, man. Yeah, you, you definitely hit on it. Uh, there's also, you know, other black superheroes, like you said, that in the past. I just feel like this time 
in you know with with everything that's going on with all the social activism going on also you know even though his name is black panther and and it was definitely made you know a long time ago just kind of the the name black panther with all the social activism going uh it kind of just hit the perfect timing of of this movie to kind of launch it and do well so yeah i've definitely been listening to a bunch of like podcasts to talk about you know the different things that go on in Wakanda and, you know, even, you know, uh, all the different storylines that they can kind of branch off with this movie. So yeah, uh, like, like you are, I am excited to see what they do with, with the series. And um, it definitely has a lot of growth potential. Of course, of course. But you know, Black Panther, I think everyone has their own opinion about it. If you haven't seen it yet, stop sleeping. Everyone's seen it. You got to go out there and sleep. Like, come on, man. Regardless how you feel about it, you got to go out and experience it. And trust me, it's a move for everybody. I mean, I was sitting next to black people, Caucasian people, Hispanic people. You name the people, they was in that people. <laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely something that everyone should go out and experience once. Regardless if you're a superhero fan or not, it's still something that should be worthwhile to experience because it delivers a hell of a ride. I agree, man, definitely. So if y'all start seeing spoilers online, it, I mean, it's kind of your fault anyway. So... Uh, definitely check out the movie. But, um, you know, try not to take too long on this topic. The second topic that I want to uh, kind of go on is, uh, is AT&T is uh, starting to roll out their first 5G network. Um, and these cities that are testing it are going to be Dallas, Atlanta, and uh, Waco, Texas. Um, so basically, you know, AT&T is trying to, you know, be aggressive with trying to launch their improved network, you know, so that more mobile devices and smart smartphones can work more efficiently. Uh, so, I mean, it's to the point where, you know, that what is another 4G, what is another 5G going to do to really improve? But, I mean, we'll kind of see how these test markets go, how, how it'll start to improve the efficiency in the network. And uh, I'm sure... AT&T will uh, definitely get the jump on any of the other service providers. Man, let the let the 5G come through, man. Get the 4G prices down. That's what I say. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's cool. I, my phone is as fast as it needs to be for me. And in the places where it's not fast enough, it probably wasn't meant to be fast enough in. So I don't think a 5G would make much of a difference. But, I mean, you know, we're getting to a point where technology's got to advance. There's got to be new things that come out that make you want to upgrade. And the 5G capability is one of those things. So salute to AT&T. They're trying to stay at the curve, and they're trying to make sure that others follow them. And that's one of the things they're really good at. They're really good at getting ahead of that curve, getting ahead of that jump. I mean, if you look at the not only the cell phones, but the Internet with fiber, you know, I think they're one of the few companies who's really making an aggressive push to get fiber into people's homes. And you can just see that in the future, that's going to probably be the norm. So that's what their ball plan is. You know, a power to them. If they weren't so expensive, I'd still be aligned with them. But, you know, they a little bit expensive in my books. But, hey, if they willing to cut a check, I can get some AT&T jerseys merchandise on me right now. They will, they want to do what it do. But <laughs> regardless, I'm just glad that they're, they're, they're doing their the 
innovative thing by trying to stay at the curve and trying to put their best foot and trying to make people's lives easier. That's all can be appreciated because I know for me, once the 5G becomes a standard, I'm probably switch over to it. But, you know, until then, it's like that. It's like uh, it's like getting a, a delicacy of that uh, Pierre, Pierre Escargot, you know, filet mignon. You know, I can eat dinner without doing that, but it's always good to know that's an option. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. I definitely agree. So definitely something to look forward to in the future. But you know, as I digress, that's the topics of the week. This week's let's jump into this week's guest. We have Katie, aka Pikachu Lita from Twitch. Uh she's definitely gonna engage the audience this week about how Twitch works, how she started her own streaming platform, or how she started her own streaming business and uh what you can kind of learn to get started. Uh, I know Emilio uh definitely is a gamer and knows a lot about this process so he definitely was super engaged during the whole interview and uh i learned a lot from it so i know you guys will as well yeah i think it's a lifestyle that people aren't really too familiar with um it's still becoming a rather slow process to accept that this is going to be the norm but i think the cool thing about pikachu later she breaks it down very easily she doesn't really talk with you know a lot of words a lot of schemes is really going to make you not understand what she's trying to convey but yeah she's a streamer uh she's part of this movement of people that i wanted to bring on to have this different hustles than what you're usually used to when it comes to business but i think the cool thing about her is how she presents herself well she's clear she's concise and she has determination you know her job is not easy people think it's easy but it's not not at all i know for a fact i couldn't stream because i when i play a video game i'm in that moment i'm in the game i can't do this then talk to some other people and do all these other things she was like that when it started out, but she's kind of learned to mold herself and become what an ideal streamer should be. The cool thing about her is she has so many experiences, so many friends that she's made from streaming from Twitch that it's just kind of like that's what's worthwhile for. Obviously, you know, the money will come in due time, but for now, she's just enjoying the ride. And I think one of the cool things you're going to really get for her is just that genuine passion of someone who loves what they're doing. I think it's really easy to say you want to be a business owner, you want to start your own business, you want to do this and that. But what do you want to do it around? What's your business going to be and do you love your business? You really get when you talk to Katie this feeling that regardless of whatever happens, she still be doing this with no problems, no complaints, no quarrels. So it's always cool when you get an impassionate educational guest to come on because you can really tell from the energy and the things that they say that they're giving you that knowledge straight from the top and from the heart. Yeah, I agree, man. Another uh, great quality about her is that um, when people think about gamers, you know, they think about white males and she's here to kind of break down the stereotypes that people of color uh, and women uh, who are underrepresented in the streaming industry can can actually come on and, you know, play video games with the best of them. So um, that was also a very interesting take. And she definitely dives a little bit deeper on, you know, the stereotypes of video gamers, how she's trying to break that, how she's trying to network with other people of color uh, to kind of shatter that mold as well. Yeah, and she does a phenomenal job of breaking it down. Obviously, as a woman of color, she has to unfortunately experience a lot of things that she didn't ask for, uncalled for. But don't worry, she's quick to make sure that people who do come in incorrectly, they can handle quickly. And I think that shows how much strength she has. So, like I said, me and my co-host could gush about her for 14 minutes straight, but we're not going to do that to y'all. We're going to kick into this interview after this short commercial break. All right, and today's guest, we have Katie, a.k.a. Pikachu Lita from Twitch. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. We just gonna, we're just going to uh, jump right into the interview. And uh, could you kind of tell us, you know, uh, what you do on Twitch and 
uh, just a little bit about how you got started in this, uh, into streaming. Um, well, I am what's called a uh, console slash variety streamer. Um, I basically um, stream video games on the internet. I stream myself playing them. Um, I started streaming, I think my first stream was back in 2014. Um, it was, my first game that I ever streamed was Infamous Second Son. And one of my other first streams was a uh, the Silent Hills playable teaser. Um, and I spent years not doing it consistently um, because I was in college and that was always my first priority. Um, so I would maybe stream for like between one and three days and then be gone for like two or three weeks or however long. And I really didn't start doing it consistently until um, sometime early last year. Uh, I want to say maybe like March, April or so. Um, and since then I've been, I've been running it pretty consistently and, um, and yeah. Okay. And I, I think one of the cool things there is like, you know, you said you kind of just streaming like a little bit, but you, you know, it wasn't your main focus, but now you have more time to focus on it. So what would be some words of advice to those looking to be more serious streamers, but not really kind of knowing like where to begin? Um, well, I actually have a few few pieces of advice. I actually get asked that a, a good bit um, because people seem to have this idea. <laughs> people seem to have this idea. And, I'm not, and I obviously don't mind people coming and asking me for advice, but I get a lot of my friends and such that like to joke with me and, and call me famous and stuff. And I'm like, not even. I, the, the amount of views and followers that I have, I'm currently at um, about 2,500 followers and over... Uh, 14,000 views on Twitch and compared to like big streamers that's not really much I mean it's like I'll give myself a pat on the back like I don't want to make myself seem smaller than what I am but when they call me famous I'm like no I'm not but anyway yeah, um, I just want to say those are some big numbers now like I can tell you my Twitch views and oh, they trust me they're not <laughs> <laughs> they're not really near you so well thank you I appreciate that um but yeah I would definitely tell them the first thing is do it if you enjoy it. Um, a lot of times when people get into streaming, and not even necessarily when they first get into streaming, but even once they've kind of been doing it as long as I have, they become too focused on numbers. And when you start to become too focused on numbers, you kind of lose sight of what you're doing. And then if you have a stream, you might have one stream um on a weekend, like on a Saturday night, that you're playing a really popular game and you get, you know, 40, 50 some viewers, and then you may have another night where you have 12 viewers. And your numbers are always going to fluctuate. It depends on um, if you've set up a consistent stream schedule, which I, as long as I've been streaming, I just recently, as in like last week, set up a official official set stream schedule and even now I'm struggling to like actually be on time because I run on CPT aka colored people time <laughs> so I am almost I'm late to almost anything I do but anyway um you're it, it depends on that it depends on the game that you're streaming um the day that you're streaming and it, there's there's so many different factors that play into it so there's it's just important not to even focus on those numbers and do it because you enjoy it um 
And then, again, kind of bouncing off what I said earlier is it's important to be consistent. Granted, there has been times where um, even after I became consistent last year, um, there was like about a month period where I actually that happened twice. There was my first like little month period where I was gone from Twitch was because uh, my LAN port, my PS4 stopped working. So I had to figure out what I was going to do with that. I had to wait for my new one to arrive and things of that sort. So that was kind of a roadblock there. And then, um, a next, the next, uh, time that I was gone for about a month, um, I was out of town a lot. Um, my, my partner, my boyfriend lives in North Carolina. And even though obviously I can stream when I'm out there with him, visiting him, uh, I typically just like to stream at home at this point in time. Cause I'm not really thinking about streaming when I'm out there. Um, between that and I was, I got sick like twice back to back and I was just really like stressed out and going through a lot. So, um, like I said, I was gone for about a month then and it, and it happens and your viewers will tell you, you know, don't push yourself. If you, you know, if you don't feel like streaming, don't, you know, do it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's, it's good to have that support, but if you can try to be consistent about it, because that, if you keep coming back and you're there regularly, people are going to be more um, inclined to check you out and subscribe and things like that. So I think those are really my two biggest things is to not pay attention to numbers and not get discouraged because mm. your numbers may be dwindling at some point in time and then to be consistent about it. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely makes sense uh, as far as, you know, being consistent. That's kind of something that we preach about is when we're in the podcast industry, we definitely got to be on our game, drop an episode every week so that people know that we're out there. Uh, and I guess, you know, um, for the people who are not too familiar with streaming, you know, I kind of want to, I guess, on the marketing end, like, how do you get your Twitch, you know, to other people who are looking for streams? Like, what's the the marketing process behind it? Like, how do you build such a following? Um, well, when I first started, um, obviously it was my, my friends, um, or people that followed me on Twitter. I do a lot, a lot of my kind of, I guess, Twitch marketing and advertising on my Twitter account, um, because of, well, my Facebook page is, is a private page. I only add people that I know personally um, or people that I've done like business stuff with or um, and like my Instagram. Um, I think people on Instagram kind of don't care about that stuff. They kind of just I'm like, I want to see your pictures. I don't really care about other stuff. So I, gen I end up generating a lot more traffic from my Twitter account because my Twitter has close to 5,000 followers. Um, so obviously in the beginning, it started um, as like my friends and associates and um, essentially just one one thing that how, how Twitch is set up is um, if you guys aren't familiar with it or anybody out there that may not be familiar, um, people can browse. Um, certain platforms, certain keywords, certain games, and some people just stumble across you when they're just browsing through streams. Um, obviously, it's people are more inclined to kind of go to streams with more viewers. So if you have a stream that may have like a hundred some viewers versus a stream that has like three, they're probably going to go to the one with a hundred. But people still browse, and you never really know. And you know, they may see somebody's friend, um, like one of my friends may have another friend and um, they may see a retweet 
that they retweeted one of my tweets and like, oh, okay, well, I came and checked you out. I saw, like, you come up with my timeline, or I saw my friend. My friend told me about you, things like that. Um, and not to say, like, I have friends out here just doing complete, like, promo for me or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's you never really know who's going to, like, kind of talk about you or say, like, hey, you should go follow this person. Um, and it's, I feel like there's a lot of times where people find me and I don't even really know how they find me, especially considering that um, on Twitch you can actually see where your viewership like was from like which countries and I've had people from all over the world and I'd always I always went in the back of my head like well how did they find me um because I don't I've never been out of the country actually I have been out of the country for the first time last month I went on a cruise but uh Mm I I always wonder like I wonder how they like came across my twitch and things like that so I think my biggest thing is definitely being on twitter Um, because that's where I post like when I go live um, and that's that's generally where I'm just most active when it comes to like posts and discussions and different threads and stuff and um, needless to say over the past few months I've gotten influx of like followers from my threads that I do on different like topics a lot of them being in in gaming and about things like um, diversity and and things, maybe a, an event dealing with some big name in gaming, dealing with like racism, sexism, things like that. So I think those things have have done the most for my for my brand is really just interaction on Twitter. That's where I would if somebody had to, if somebody asked me where they needed to go or what direction they needed to go in for their brand marketing and advertising, I would definitely say Twitter because that's I think that's the sort of place where Twitch streamers get the most traffic. So major key right there. Major key. I, <laughs> it's interesting though, because I, I like how you said like you don't really know how people find you on Twitch. They just find you. I think as podcasters, you know, it's the same effect. Cause we, me and Paul recently, you know, last month we found out that we had a lot of spins in New Zealand. And for those who don't realize, you know, me and Paul are just two black males. We don't have a lot of connections to New Zealand's, if any at all that we knew of so it's crazy that that you're able to stumble upon and find that you have this reach that you never knew you had but anyways you know my job's to gas you up katie because i i i just think it's amazing you're here so to keep you on your on, on your on your all-star tour you are actually featured on fan bro shows list of nine black streamers you should be watching could you kind of tell us like what it meant for you to be recognized for on you know to be on such a list man it <sighs> Honestly, um, the the person that wrote it, his name is Andre. Uh, shout out to him, by the way. Um, he actually reached out to me on Twitter. Um, he messaged me. He DM'd me, and uh, and I was familiar with the Fan Bros show because um, I I actually uh, one of the guys that's part of the Fan Bros show. Um, we had been following each other on Twitter for a long time, and um, when he reached out to me, and I was just like stunned. I was like. Are you serious? You know, because again, like when you look at numbers, you know, and I literally I just talked about don't look at numbers. But when, <laughs> when you do, when you do look at your numbers compared to other people, it's like I didn't think I would make a list like that. So it really caught me off guard. And um, I think one of the reasons that one of the things that kind of secured me being on that list, uh, a friend of mine, her name is uh, Tanya. She goes by Cypher on Twitch. She is an amazing individual. Um, She actually, I think, uh, recommended me 
like recommended uh, for Andre to check me out. And then I, it probably was one of those things where he made that choice on his own free will, but it was Tanya who kind of like led him in my direction. And, but I was just so blown away. I mean, I felt so honored, like, and I think that I, regardless of where my streaming goes, if it like blows up or something, I'm always going to feel appreciative of those things. Cause like even you guys, asking me to be on here like that stuff is like so flattering to me and I know some people are like oh this is nothing and stuff like that I'm like check me out on this article oh my god I was invited to to be on this podcast or this person wants to write about me like I think that is so awesome and like I screenshot it and I like post it everywhere like I even post it on Facebook for family and friends who probably don't even know what Twitch is I'm like (laughs) you guys you guys are going to look at this. Like I was on this, I was featured on this. They wanted to talk to me. They wanted to ask me questions. Like it just, it makes me feel so good. And I just, like I said, when Andre hit me up about it, I just, I was blindsided. I was like, are you sure you have the right person? Are you looking for somebody else? Cause, uh, <laughs> so. I got you. So, I mean, yeah, that's really dope. I'm, I'm glad, you know, you're definitely getting the praise that you deserve for, you know, doing what you do. And, um, I kind of want to, I guess, uh, understand what attracts people to watch people stream. So, you know, I'm sure that before you streamed or maybe as you're streaming, you've checked out some other streams. And uh, I want to know, you know, what do you enjoy about watching a stream? And then uh, what are some things that you kind of take from people that you watch and incorporate into your own stream? Um. Definitely what attracts me. I won't lie to you. The face of gaming is not somebody that looks like me. Um, And when people think of a gamer or a streamer, they don't think of somebody that looks like me. Um, There was literally just this, uh, I want to say, was it a boss I want to say, article that went around and saying that, uh, implying that black women gamers were unicorns and things like that. And there was this whole thing about it. We're like, we're not unicorns. Stop treating us like this. Like, we're not these mythical creatures. Like, there's there's a lot more of us out there than what people think. Um, so because people still have those sort of perceptions about um, women like me, um, when I'm kind of browsing Twitch or, like, looking for people to follow, I... I'm standardly, you know, drawn to people that look like me. Um, I like to follow people of color um, because the people that do get the most recognition on Twitch and that are at the forefront of just the content creation world in the in the um, in the realm of gaming are, for the most part, white males. Some white females, but um, mostly white male. So I'm definitely drawn to people of color. Um, whether they be Black, Latino, um, Polynesian, anything, for the most part. Um, and uh, I always, always, I, and I feel like a lot of people don't look at this stuff, but I actually go and check out their their info section, which is where people put like an about me or um, their, you know, rules and things like that. And I always look at that because I feel like I can get a little bit more information, even if they don't like do like a standard about me, but just kind of how they talk, maybe what their rules are, things like that. Because obviously if we've got, 
a streamer who specifically says like, hey, no racism, no sexism, no harassment, no this, this, that. I'm going to feel a lot better about following them and being in their chat as opposed to somebody that does not specify that. Um, and then obviously applying that to actually, excuse me, being in their chat. Even if I'm not actively talking, just seeing the sorts of comments that they get. Because if I go to somebody's stream and I see somebody making really inappropriate jokes and by inappropriate I don't mean like you know sexual jokes and stuff I mean like in terms of like tacky you know saying stuff that's really that's prejudiced discriminatory racist sexist things like that I'm not gonna feel welcome I'm gonna leave and granted you can't control what people say but at the same time you have control over what's in your chat not necessarily what gets put in there, but you can ban people. You can tell people, hey, don't say these things, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in my channel, I have no tolerance for that kind of kind of stuff at all. Like there is no I don't I don't even give people a second chance, basically. Certain things, like if if um my two of my viewers are kind of bickering, seem like they're about to like argue or something like that, then like, yeah, I'll, I'll have some leniency with that. But if you you come in my chat, um, kind of like actually last night <laughs> that I streamed, I had somebody come in and send seven messages back to back to back while I was streaming Overwatch. Um, and it was like, build that wall, um, get these efforts out of here. They're taking our jobs. And I ban, immediate ban. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't tell in a stream? It, like oh, I, and that's what I'm saying. Time. Like <laughs> I, I don't even. I was telling my mom about, it and she was like, "What were you doing? Playing like a li not that it was justifying it or anything, of course." But she was like, "What were you doing? Like, did he think you were like Latina? Which I am part Latina, but like you know, just saying like, um, I was. Were, did he think you were like Latino? Did he think you were? Did he think you were like Mexican? Did were you playing with like a Latino character? Like what where did that come from? I was like, this thing, it doesn't have to come from anywhere. That's just what people do. Um, but so yeah, so because I have a no tolerance policy in my stream because of that, I hold that standard to people in general, really, but um especially streamers. So if I, you know, go in and chat and I see somebody throwing around racial slurs like it ain't nothing, I'm gonna be like, all right. I'm gonna go. Like I'm I'm not gonna gonna be be here. And it's it's been a lot easier for me to like find streamers through Twitter actually. Because I'll get these streamers of color who will like see my threads or like see my my link or something like that and they'll come and follow me and I'm like, oh my god, like we're like we're like indirect friends now. Cause I'm like, oh I've been looking for other black streamers to follow. And again, this uh the community that I am a part of uh, the cookout, there are a ton of awesome, awesome, um, content creators in there. And that has also helped me to, uh, to find more people. I'm not, I feel, I definitely feel like I don't probably browse Twitch as much as most people do. Um, I'm one of those people that <laughs> it kind of translates like my taste in music. Like instead of listening, checking out new music, I'll go back and listen to the same songs from like the seventies to like the early two thousands and then not go check out new music. That's kind of how I am about streaming. Like I'll have like, I'll follow like the same like people. And then instead of going out to discover new ones, like I'll just stick to like my group that I have, which I should probably be a little bit better about that. But it's, I really like the people that I follow currently, so. <laughs> Admit, it's just the first step, right? Like, now that you reflect in real life, maybe, <laughs> maybe then you could do more. Um, 
it's crazy because I feel like with that last answer, you answered like two of my questions that I was gonna ask you. <laughs> but we're gonna. Keep... Oops, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. We're gonna keep the show going. So I, I guess you know, other than you know, like you said, when people think of a gamer, they don't necessarily think of someone that looks like you. So what do you kind of feel like is the biggest misconception that general public has about streaming, and what do you do to like basically dispel it on your end? Um. Like you said, essentially, that was that was a little bit of what I touched on when I answered my last question. Um, that's definitely part of it is the fact that uh, people see a woman like me and they don't think that I'm. Uh, and it's not even just on Twitch; it's anywhere out in the world. Like if I times when I've been in the dating scene, um, I've you know, well, like when I'm getting to know somebody and I'm telling them like what my interests are, and they're just so like shocked, and I'm like. I, I just like why is that? I mean, I, I I'm not gonna blame somebody for thinking it's surprising, but like the whole like you don't look like one just always kind of like bugs me a little bit. Um, you you don't look like you're into that kind of thing, and I'm just like, what does it look like I'm into? Um, but um, not only not only that, obviously of of people treating um black women gamers like unicorns, but um, just also I guess the general. The general misconception of of gamers in general, um, and kind of the whole streaming thing, because I think that a, a good part of society still thinks that like, oh, if you play video games for hours, you're like a loser, you, you're a basement dweller, like so, you know something just really, really <laughs> ignorant. That's not even the case when there's literally people out here making thousands of dollars. I know streamers that are full time streamers, and that's how they pay their bills is through streaming. So it's like when there's money involved, it's like you can't really, you can't really say that. Like, and even but even when it's not bringing you in revenue, um, I don't think that's a really fair, a fair assumption to to put on uh, gamers in general. Even because I, you know, I'm getting, I'm at the point where I'm not, I'm not making a lot of revenue. I make a little bit, but it's not like enough to really make a difference, and that's completely fine. I enjoy what I do. And a lot of people don't realize that streaming especially is a job. It's not really a hobby. Even if it's not something that pays my bills, it's still a job. When I get on and stream, uh, I have to be in the mood for it. I have to interact. It's not as easy as what people think it thinks it is. It's like, oh, you just you just get online and stream. It's like, no, it's so much more than that. Talking, I had to learn how to talk and play at the same time. That's hard, especially when you're playing a game like Overwatch or something. Like it's, it's it's a lot harder than what it would seem to like just just the naked eye. Once you actually do it, you're like I, I've I've actually known a few friends of mine who try to get into it. and They're like, no, this ain't for me. I'm gonna leave it to you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I definitely, you know, commend you for that because I don't think I would be able to do it. I I definitely like to think and and you know be able to concentrate on so to be able to multitask like that is pretty dope um you mentioned you know my favorite subject which is money for sure um and i just <laughs> definitely wanted to know it, you, you kind of touched on people being full-time streamers so what does that look like like how does someone become a full-time streamer and what's the different avenues of revenue that you can generate from streaming um well, obviously, like I said, I'm not a full-time streamer. Um, even if I was generating a lot of revenue off of off of streaming, I'm really funny about my money. 
and I'm very paranoid and I don't trust like it's it's one of those things that it's not like a guaranteed income for me um now when you're like you know excuse me when you're at like huge levels um like like massive major like um I just throw out a name I'm sure most people know probably like Markiplier even though he mostly does YouTube but if you're on that big of a level then it's like okay you're probably safe you're good but until like I it would take me being on that level for me to trust it and feel comfortable to enough to be like all right I'm gonna do this completely full-time and not do anything else because like I said I'm funny about my money I'm paranoid and I just anything can happen you never really know because then I feel like once once if if that's what you're depending on for your income then that is at the point where you probably do start paying more attention to numbers which is understandable um and as much as I love streaming I think I would always still do something on the side anyway because like I do have a college degree um there is other things that I want to do with my life other than streaming So I don't know if I would ever just make it to where that was the only thing that I ever, ever did. Um, But there's there's different ways um, to to generate revenue off Twitch. Um, The first step is through um, they actually Twitch actually recently um, introduced last year what's called the affiliate program. And that's basically the step below partnership. Um, And it's, it's actually pretty easy to reach affiliate, it's definitely a lot harder to reach um, partnership because affiliate, it's not like an application process. If you just, if you meet these certain requirements for it, you're automatically an affiliate. Um, And once you become an affiliate, people can actually subscribe to you, which is a paid subscription. They can either do it for um, one month, uh, I think it's like two, three months, and then I forgot what the last one is, like four ninety nine, nine ninety nine, and twenty four ninety nine. Um, so there's different tiers of subscriptions, um, and they get access to like emotes. You get uh, one emote for each tier. Um, people can cheer. I don't, I don't know if you need to be affiliate for people to actually. They can cheer in your stream, which are called bits. And that's a certain amount, like so many bits is worth this much money and things like that. Um, Whereas with partner, that is something that you have to meet the requirements for and you have to apply for it. So just because you meet those required, those specified requirements, which is like have this certain average number of streamers, I mean, of of people like viewing your viewers in your stream, um, stream for this many unique days in this, you know, time period, stream for this many hours total, things like that. Um, you still have to apply and you can get rejected. And a lot of people apply multiple times before they actually become a Twitch partner. And then obviously when you become a Twitch partner, you have a lot more breathing room. There's not really a limit on as definitely not as at least not as strict of a limit on emotes um and other ways so then there's obviously the actual through twitch your revenue but then there's outside revenue as well um you can get partnerships through like different companies um basically like a sponsorship 
um, a lot of a lot of kind of big name streamers. They'll have sponsorships and partnerships with a um, a maybe an energy drink company. A popular one is G Fuel. Um, a gaming chair company like Razor or Razor Racer. I'm not sure. I always get them confused because there's like a mouse brand and there's like a gaming chair. Um, keyboards. Um, again, mouses, gaming headsets, just apparel. Um, there's even been people that get partnerships with Loot Crate and different, you know, monthly subscription boxes like Loot Crate. Different, even even really games. Um, there's some people that get partnerships with whole studios. And most of the time they're like indie devs and things like that. Um, but that's where another part of your revenue comes in is that there. And then obviously you can get like freebies, but they're, you're obviously going to get paid to advertise certain things on their channels. So there's, there's a lot of different directions that you can kind of go with it. Um, but those are, I think the, the main two ways that people generate revenue. <laughs> I love how you said a whole studio. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that that's, that's great. Um, Kind of to focus a little bit more on Twitch, obviously, you know, from what from what it sounds like, you've had a, a pretty good relationship with them. I know you've been to TwitchCon. Could you kind of, like, tell us, like, what memories have you been able to make since you became a part of the Twitch family? Um, I would definitely say um, a lot of my streams have been really fun. And I've met some really awesome, um, in general, I've met some just really awesome people. And, and made some really good friends from Twitch, whether it's people that are just viewers um, or people that are viewers as well as other streamers themselves. Um, and again, you know, me going to TwitchCon, the people that I was with at TwitchCon were from the, the uh, community that I'm in called The Cookout. And I absolutely love those people. They're like my family. So I would say that that's probably despite everything else like not any sort of money any sort of monetary thing donation anything like that like that's probably the most fulfilling aspect is meeting some really awesome people dope definitely and um you know just to segue a little bit um you know you do a lot of uh, streaming but you also are a co-host of your podcast uh, coins to continue uh, you recently relaunched it, and uh, I definitely wanted to, you know, have you know, get give you a uh, chance to shine as far as letting our audience know a little bit what about your podcast and what do you guys usually discuss on your show. Um, so, like you said, I, I am a co-host on the podcast Coins to Continue. It is a gaming podcast, um, and I hosted along with uh, my very good friend Charles. Um, who actually is also a writer for Shack News. Um, but we basically talk about different aspects of gaming. Um, I want to, th- I'm trying to think of what I can, I don't, I'm trying my hardest not to, I guess, read straight off of the, our actual script that we say, but I may just have to do that to give you guys <laughs> kind of a, kind of an idea as to, you know, what, what we actually do. Cause I mean, obviously like I know what we do, but um, you know, actually just kind of condensing it so that I'm not sitting here just dragging it on forever and ever. Um, But what we do is um, we talk about different aspects, excuse me, aspects of the gaming industry, 
Um, sometimes we do have guests on, um, people to interview, people to just, even if it's not a full-blown interview, we may bring them on just to have discussions with us about certain topics. Um, we talk about gaming news and the people that we bring on could be like somebody in gaming journalism. It could be a developer. It could be a animator, um, a voice actor. We've had a lot of different guests on the show. Um, but standardly majority of our episodes are just me and him. Um, and we were gone for an extended period, but like you said, we are back now. Um, and we, we talk about really just what's, what's happening in gaming. Um, and we'll obviously talk about where games we're currently playing. Um, Charles is, plays on PC, so obviously he has a lot more, I guess, under his belt. And and pretty much he has a new game that he's playing every single week where I'm like, for the past two months, oh, I'm just playing more Overwatch, playing more Dead by Daylight, you know, just same old, same old for me. <laughs> um, because even though it's it's expensive to build a PC, in the in the long run, it ends up being cheaper. Because they get games for a lot cheaper and they get a lot more access like indie games and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about different events in the gaming world. It could be from some eSports. Just it, we, we, we go over our topics every single week and we decide what we want to talk about. And obviously we don't have time to talk about everything. So we'll pick the ones we want to talk about most. And we may talk about something that happened in the realm of the Overwatch League or some game that some massive game that everybody's extremely excited for the new development or some groundbreaking technology that they're using for it or some dev said some really bad things and um you know thing things like that so um we we're kind of just I guess in that realm a lot of what we talk about though does involve things like race gender um, we talked about, I'm sure, uh, you guys have probably heard about the whole, like, PewDiePie controversy, um, and we, actually, this last episode, um, we discussed a, a game that just recently came out, it's called Kingdom Come Deliverance, and it takes place, it's, it's, it's in a medieval setting, um, and ironically enough, I have a history degree, but I did not ever really care for medieval history. But um, the game got a lot of backlash because um, there were no people of color in the game at all, basically whatsoever. There was maybe one little group of like native, I think, Turks, but that was it. And they had a very small role to play. And um, there were actually journalism sites that were refusing to review the game and that was part of the reason why because the the person the I guess the the head director the guy that was because it was it was made by a smaller studio um said that in his research that he found no evidence of people of color basically existing during that time but people have come out and said, actually, you're wrong. And they've actually consulted other historians. And they're like, uh, no, there would have been people there because of the Silk Road and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to bog you guys down with a whole bunch of history stuff. But um, it, it, people didn't really know how to chalk it up because at first glance, you may think it was like an, an issue of like just ignorance or he just didn't have good sources and just didn't do his research properly. But then you have to factor in the fact that he 
uh, back some years ago was a big Gamergate supporter. And at an event that happened, I want to say back in maybe 2015 or so, um, he uh, wore a shirt for a band whose lead singer is like openly a like Nazi white supremacist alt-right guy and so it it ended up being a really 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 bad look for him because then it's like I don't know where what your intentions were for for excluding basically people of color so we get on and we talk about things like that um and it's just kind of all over the place we'll like I said we'll talk about aspect of a specific game um whether it's Bad graphics, like Mass Effect, got a lot of backlash for their very bad animations. We spend, obviously, we spend more time talking about certain topics than others. Um, we also, in the last episode that we recorded, talked about uh, white knighting in people's streams, which is essentially people coming into my stream. It's, it, it definitely happens more disproportionately to women. But when people come in my stream and give me unwarranted advice and tips that I didn't ask for, and they assume that I need help because I'm a girl kind of thing. Um, so we're, we, we standardly discuss topics like that. But sometimes our topics aren't as kind of deep. And they're just, like I said, pretty shallow. It could be about just some game that's releasing this new chapter or something. So, but I think that's that kind of sums up everything that we really we really discuss on the podcast. It's 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 I love Charles and it's it's great talking with him and we never really have polarizing opinions. Only time we really have polarizing opinions is if it's like what are like like a game that I like that he didn't like or something like that. But when it comes to like actual like relating certain issues in, in terms of like social issues or something to a game, like we're always on the same page. So. Ooh, I know you got my co-host scratching his head because he didn't know it, it went that deep. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I am glad you bought to light a lot of those things and definitely encourage our listeners uh, to look into it when they have the time. Um, so I'm torn because I, I, I want to ask, I want I have one question I want to ask you, but I feel like you've touched on it. So I guess I'm going to have to give you this other question, but uh, I'm still torn, but I'm still going to ask it anyway. So obviously, you know, you, you were saying that Gaming, gaming itself, it's hard to see someone that looks like you as, as a, as, you know, as a, as an ideal gamer. But in the video games itself, there's been so many characters, so many storylines, and you know, so many things that come out year to year. Is there anyone in a video game character-wise that you were able to see and maybe play, and you just thought to yourself, like, this is someone who I could, I could look up to, I could be, or it really relates to me as a person? Ooh, that is a hard one. Um, (laughs) To be completely 110% honest with you, I don't know if I've ever seen a character in a video game that, like, I can, I feel like I can, I guess, relate to. Um, And that may be very well due to the fact that I probably have not been playing the right games or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can definitely relate that to something to like like maybe like anime or like a, a film, but in in the gaming world, probably not. And I think that actually that actually says a lot about the fact of the lack of representation in gaming. The fact that I really haven't seen 
too many characters that I guess I feel like I resonate with. And I mean, on a, on a kind of more shallow scale, I, I maybe kind of relate myself to maybe any character that's like very caring and um, kind of like the nurturing type, um, like a mom, because that is my personality. But in terms of um, a lot more in, in a, a lot more of an in-depth comparison, I don't I don't think I have. I don't think I had. I think I might need to change that, though. I think that that needs to be we need to see change with that, though. I think that's an indicator. Yes, yes, I think we do. That's why I wanted to ask that question because it's like, I think it is such a big thing, especially, you know, with Black Panther coming out recently and people are seeing a lot of characters in that film that they can relate to as, you know, the gaming, with, with, with all the stuff the gaming comes out with, all the games that come out within years, like it, it should have, there should be able, you should be able to, you know, think of someone you can relate to quickly and, and feel like that just someone that I can align myself with. But alas... We'll have to set up for the future. Um, we've reached the end of the Educate Us experience, but before we let you go, we wanted you with the famous Educate Us, a two-piece of just the last two questions of the show. The first one is always easy. Can you let the people know how they can connect with you? Yes. Um, I My Twitch and my Twitter are the exact same username. It's uh, Pikachu Lita, which is just Pikachu, and then L-I-T-A at the end. Um, and I think those are about, I obviously, I, my Instagram is public. People can follow me on there. I do post like streaming things and clips and stuff like that on there. But I'm definitely most active on Twitch and Twitter. So if you wanted to find me, those would definitely be the top two places to find me. All right. And the last question, no pressure, just the last question, you know, just the last words our audience are going to hear from you for this interview. But could you leave us with some parting words and advice? Hmm. And I should say, I meant just parting <laughs> words. You don't have to give advice. Yeah, I mean, you, you've given a lot of advice. <laughs> like, ooh, advice. Ooh, yeah, that's no, hard just one. some parting words, my bad. Parting words. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I will say that it was a pleasure being on the show. Um, and I am thankful that you guys invited me to be on here. Um, you had some great questions and I'm sorry. I, I talk a lot. So I'm sure that there was probably some questions that you wanted to ask, but you obviously have a time constraint. So um, I, I do apologize for rambling, but when it comes to streaming, when it comes to gaming and my Twitch and my podcast, it's, they're all things that I am pretty passionate about, which is, I guess, why you probably invited me on here in the first place. So I end up, um, I definitely end up talking about it for extended periods of time and I end up being a lot more verbose than what I initially planned. But either way, I, this was a great interview and I, like I said, I'm grateful that you guys invited me on. It was a pleasure. That is probably like the most genuine parting words we've gotten <laughs> in a while. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot in there. So we, you know, we definitely appreciate you coming on. I mean, you've been great. We really do feel like you showcase what streaming is and what it brings to the people. And we wish you the best of luck. This will not be the end because we always love our alumni here to educate us. So, and we always find some way or form to keep up and make sure that people know what you're doing. Thank you. And there you have it, folks. That was Katie, a.k.a. Pikachu Lita from Twitch, giving us that knowledge about streaming. Emilio, what you think, man? I am, as always, just so proud. I mean, it's dope that 
I already said in earlier episodes, one of my goals this year is to get you guys some hustles that are unconventional, aren't aren't exactly what you uh, think as the most logical choice for hustle, but I'm glad that we got Katie on her because she represented, like, she had a lot of passion, she cared a lot about what she was talking about, streaming, the issues within streaming, the controversies about being a black streamer, like, she gave you a good snippet, and I'm sure people who listen with an open mind, open heart, to her project, so, like, I did not know, oh, this kind of went down gaming, because people just assume you just picking up a stick, you know, go on the PC and play a little game, there's nothing more to it, but there's so much more, and I think it's great that Katie was able to open up some eyes, and maybe open up ears a little bit more to some of the things that happened, and how she was able to so confidently explain, like, why she streams, what it means to her, it's amazing, I'm blown away, I enjoy it, yeah, I know she's very humble and says she's not famous yet, but trust me when I say this, she's the most famous streamer we've had on this show to date. <laughs> you dig? For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Um, definitely, you know, I'm not really in the streaming world, but um, I definitely am, you know, interested as far as it's just another outlet that you can use to make, to, to build your brand make a little money on the side you know with with all that's going on in business and society with diversity with representation you know there's avenues for people like us to kind of build our own thing um so i definitely want everybody out there to who listens to this podcast to just know about the different outlets and different opportunities that you can have to build your own brand and uh you can always reach out to the people on the show that can kind of get you started. Uh, so that's definitely a huge takeaway from what I had. Yeah, yeah. I know you gain like a newfound respect for streaming because there's definitely a lot more to it than just, you know, sitting down to play and have people watch you. But alas, we can go on all day about streaming and all that brings. But we got to get y'all to what y'all really came here for. How you, yes, you can reach us. Educators reach you a variety of means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educate Hustle. That's all one word. Educate Hustle. They post snaps with behind the scenes videos to keep you inspired and motivated throughout the week. We are also on Instagram at Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Hustle Podcast. There we post photos that correspond with episodes that we dropped this week. Some inspirational things from time to time. And if you're really, really nice, you're really, really, you know. Let us know how you feel. Paul might just curate some personal inspirational content for you. You can also follow us on Facebook, like our page. It's really easy to do. Just go to Facebook, type in Educate Us with two words. You know you've reached the right page because you'll see that logo that you guys all know and love. And of course, I have to take a break from the plugin to get into some more plugin. If you have not done so already, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Please, 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 if you have not done so, it's really easy to do. Just go on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, search Educate Hustle, that's two words. You'll see the show logo, you click that, scroll down a little bit, it's going to say write a review. It's going to give you a choice of how many stars to put. We suggest five, but you can always do five. <laughs> we also ask that you give us a review title and, of course, a review summary. The review summary can be short, like it's lit, or something long as it's still lit. Either way, we take all reviews. We really ask our fan base to do this because when we get more reviews, that means the show awareness goes up. When the show awareness goes up, that means the guests go up. When the guests goes up, that means the episodes go up. When the episodes go up, that means your enjoyment comes up. So please, 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 if you have not done so already, 
rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Now, let me get out of that plugging to go back into my initial plugging. If you have not done so already, you can follow us on Twitter at educator underscore hustle. Once again, that is educator underscore hustle. That's probably one of the best ways to reach me and Paul because it goes right to our phone. And of course, we tweet out daily little content, interact with people. So trust me when I say it is worthwhile to follow us on Twitter. And then last but not least, if you really feel like this episode did something for you, the show doing something for you, you want to work with us, collab, or you just want to let know how great we are or how we make you feel, do not hesitate to email us at educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And you got to lead us out, man. Lead us out. People, 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 take a page from Katie's book and just go out there and do your passions. Do not worry about the numbers. Do not worry about all the stigma that comes with it. Just go out, have fun, make your dreams come true. I think it's been said before many times in this show, but do not let yourself or society stand you in for being happy. If you have something you want to do and you're bogged by with all the excuses of why it won't work, why you can't do it, you're never going to just embrace this simple fact of you just doing it and living and experiencing. So we ask, keep Katie's spirit in mind, take that power, take that hustle, and just go out and do what you want to do. And as always, you got to stay educated and keep hustling.